We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Rotor Grinders Morning Grind Podcast. I'm your host, Stevie TPFL. It's Tuesday. It's July 12th. It is 2022. We have 14 baseball games to talk about here on today's podcast. I'm joined by Keith Eister. I is 819. Keith, what's happening, my friend? Oh, not too much. Got a, a good little Monday night sweat going on. I had a good day over on scores and odds. Went 4-0 on my premium picks. I had Scherzer over six and a half strikeouts, over seven and a half strikeouts. He ended up with nine. I had Trevor Rogers striking out a bunch of pirates. He did that. Uh, and I had Aaron Nola over 18 and a half outs, um, which also hit. So nice little day for me in the betting streets. And we've still got some DFS, DFS sweats going on. So be interesting to see how this one f- finishes out tonight. But uh, ready to get into the next one. Yeah, I need the Padres to get rolling, man. I have a really good Padres Kansas City stack going that had Scherzer. Um, so see how that kind of nice. plays out. Um, outside of that, though, I mean, really, I mean, Jose Ramirez is one of my favorite hitters today. He struggled. Corey Seager hit his home run. That was nice. Um, the White Sox, like, they scored four runs. It just wasn't any of the guys that, like, I liked. So that didn't work out. But, yeah, ready to move on. Hoping that um, that San Diego-Kansas City stack that I have going can at least make me a little bit of money here. It's it's in the top half right now. So see how it ends up. But that was a Scherzer-Nola team, and I was super excited about that team. And Nola was just cruising along and then all of a sudden just ran into some trouble, ended up giving up that home run, but he looked really good before that. That kind of just came out of nowhere. Nola, Nola was a case of one too many innings. Yeah. Like, and, and that, and a random home run in there too, that I, he, I think he had two outs in the inning and just ended up giving up the, I think it was a three run homer, which obviously hurts. Yeah. That happened in the fifth. And then, they let him go out and he pitched the six and he threw a good six setting. And I think that's where they should have pulled him, but who knows? I'm not a coach. Um, 
anyway, we have 14 games to talk about today, so we're just going to jump right in. I mean, this slate has everything because it's a 14-game slate. We got elite pitching. We have big strikeout pitchers. We have just about everything. There is a doubleheader. The White Sox and um, Guardians is a doubleheader, so if you're playing on FanDuel, there's only 13 games, and that game won't be on your slate. So let's jump in here. Seattle at Washington is where we get started. Nine and a half total pick em game here. We got Chris Flexen going up against Josiah Gray. What are your thoughts here on Chris Flexen? Not enough upside. Um, 8,300 is a pretty big price tag for him, a low strikeout guy um, against a low strikeout Washington offense. So on this slate, you've, you've talked about it. There's going to be a lot of strike. A lot of strikeouts from some of these pitchers um, flexing at this price. I'm just not interested. I don't think he has the upside. It's kind of where I'm at too. Um, I don't typically play him anyway. So 8,300 for Chris Flex. And I know he's coming off of, I mean, probably his best start of the season. Um, probably one of his best starts in his career, really. But I think this is a spot we're just going to stay away from Chris Flex and 8,300. Doesn't have the ceiling as some of these other guys. Um, Washington, not like the the scariest offense, but obviously they're not a bad offense either. Um, so, I mean, nine and a half total in this game tells us a lot about this game. Maybe good weather in this game too with the, such a high total. Um, both these team totals are high. So, Josiah Gray on the other side here, he's 8,700. Josiah Gray has some strikeout upside. I just don't know if today is the day that I want to play him. Um, he is going to be one of those guys that I'm going to see how he profiles against the lineup that he faces. Um, it's tough for me to talk either way on Josiah Gray here night before. Yeah, I, I agree with you. They, he does have some upside here. Um, strikeout rate almost 27% this season. But Seattle, I think they're just a talented offense. Like They're a little bit underrated, and I know they've struggled a little bit this year but they don't strike out a ton. They're kind of middle of the pack in strikeouts and they walk a good amount. Gray's got a walk rate near 10%. So that concerns me a little bit. Um, he really struggles with lefties. So I agree. It's just not the slate. There's not enough of a discount from some of the, the real stud pitchers on the slate. Um, I wouldn't talk anybody out of it. If, if they felt strongly, Gray could go out here and, and dominate this Mariners team. Um, but I don't think I'll be getting there at 8,700. Yeah, again, it, for me, it's really just going to come down to what it, what lineup is he facing here? Because, um, I mean, I, I do think he has – I think he has the ceiling to win you a slate. It's just like you said, the Seattle lineup is strong, and if that's their normal lineup, especially with a day off on Monday, um, I don't know if this is necessarily a spot I want to attack him. What are your thoughts here on the Seattle hitters? I really want some lefties and I'm not seeing a ton of lefties to love here on Seattle. JP Crawford at 3,900, I think is, is fine. Uh, he usually bats in the middle of the order. Cal Raleigh has showed a lot of pop this season. I like him as a $3,700 catcher. Um, and Julio Rodriguez, you can play in any matchup. Ty Francis had a very good year as well, but I, I definitely prefer the lefties. Uh, so I don't know that I'll get to the full stack, but that Raleigh Crawford, and then maybe play one of the big righties in Rodriguez or France, throw Suarez in there. I, I don't mind his price, but I'm really looking for lefty power against Gray, and the Mariners just don't have a ton of it. Like Carlos Santana doesn't have it anymore. Frazier isn't going to hit a ball out of the park. Um, so I, I love targeting lefty power against Gray, 
I'm just not seeing enough of it here for Seattle. Cal Raleigh is a one-off, I think is, is phenomenal though. Yeah, that's kind of my point when we were talking about is Gray in play, we need to see the lineup. I mean, this is the guy that has big strikeout stuff against righties and struggles with walks and home runs to lefties. 1.6 whip to lefties with a 0.97 whip to righties. Um, you really want to get left-handed power bats against them. So, I mean, J.P. Crawford at shortstop at 3,900, if you want to chase a home run there, like you mentioned, Cal Riley at 3,700 at catcher. Um, I don't mind those, but this total is throwing me off a little bit with this one because, I mean, it's a very right-handed heavy lineup. And Josiah Gray, where he does struggle, it's definitely more lefties than righties um, on the season. You know, 260 or – yeah, 268 Wobo against righties, 391 against lefties. So big time platoon splits uh, for Josiah Gray this season. Uh, Chris Flexen on the other side, any interest here in the Washington bats? Yeah, I think Washington sets up pretty nicely here. Soto is obviously amazing. Um, I like the, the price tag on Josh Bell at 4,100, Nelly Cruz at 4K. Um, those three, I think are, are pretty attractive options. And then you kind of fill out the stack from there. Ruiz at catcher 3,500 is fine. Um, you're not excited about any of the rest of these guys, but I do have some interest in picking on flex and he gives up a lot of hard contact, a lot of fly balls. Um, like you said, big total here. So we'll have to check the weather. I know it was really warm on, on Monday across the country. If there's, if it's warm and humid in Washington here, it can turn into a, a home run park in a hurry. Um, so I, I would have quite a bit of interest in Washington if we open up weather edge today and, and we see some good numbers from Roth. Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely like that, you know, Chris Flexen actually is, is semi-reverse splits too. So I just, my, my issue is like, once you get past Juan Soto and Josh Bell, you, you really hate off. clicking names. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, I mean, this is, uh, I don't know. I, I, if I'm stacking Washington, it's probably more of a three man stack than a full man, full stack here. So we're going to have plenty of offenses to talk about today. Like no doubt Cincinnati at New York taking on the Yankees eight total in this game. The Yankees, a 310 favorite going up against the Reds today. Ashcraft against Garrett Cole. Any interest here in Graham Ashcraft? No, I'm not playing him against this Yankees team. Um, I, I think he's a talented pitcher. He de- hasn't quite figured out the strikeouts yet. Um, throws super hard, but really doesn't have much breaking stuff. More of a ground ball guy at this point um, against this Yankees right-handed power that all hit the ball in the air a ton. Um, a tough spot for Mr. Ashcraft here. He's done a good job limiting hard contact. Um, he does generate a lot of soft contact, but I was digging into him before we got started. And he's he seems to be big time reverse splits power wise. So that's not what you want against the Yankees. Um, so I mean, on the season, he's only allowed five home runs. He's only pitched, I think, what was it, 48, 49 innings, something. I just looked at it and I already forgot, but he's only allowed one home run to lefties, and most of his home runs been against righties in a less amount of time. So don't want to play him against the Yankees. Um, he is someone that I want to see where he ends up maybe at the end of next year. Like, give him another year of development. Um, he's only 24 years old, so see. Garrett Cole, 10-5. I mean, this is your elite ace on the slate. And, I mean, I know it's Yankee Stadium, but 
Garrett Cole was someone I think we're just going to have to go back to the well and hope that the home run issues and the issues in general for Garrett Cole just kind of subside here. And, you know, he pitches well against this Reds team. Yeah, I think he's the top pitcher on the slate. Most expensive guy, but the Reds don't scare me. Um, he was pitching well. Rafi Devers kind of owned him in that last start against Boston. That's right. Um, but he he pitched well outside of that. Um, Devers is just his daddy. Uh, That's right. But <laughs> yeah, no, Cincinnati doesn't doesn't scare me. Uh, Garrett Cole's the top pitcher on the slate for me. Yeah, I'm with you. When you look at the Reds, um, just on the season, they're bottom 10 offense against Ryan pitching. They have high strikeouts. They have a low WRC+. Plus. Um, they don't hit a ton of home runs, even with their home stadium being uh, one of the most favorable home run hitting ballparks in baseball. Like, they should not be 23rd in home runs against Ryan pitching. So, uh, love, love this spot for Garrett Cole. And, I mean, it's not, it's not going to be hard to fit him. You know, this is the same thing that we talked about on yesterday's slate. You know, we're at it again. Coors is way underpriced again. Um, it's going to be very easy to fit in Garrett Cole. And if you want to go double ace, you probably can today. So, yeah, like Garrett Cole, I have no interest in the Reds bats. Nothing stands out for me. Um, I Overall, I like Nyquen and I, you know, I don't mind playing him or Votto in spots and maybe even in the series because this is a very friendly left-handed power ballpark, but I think this is not the right spot. Yeah, I agree. B- big slate. I don't see any reason to try to pick on Garrett Cole. Um, I agree. It's it's Nyquen and, and Votto if you're trying to find the home run, but I, I don't see myself doing that much here. <laughs> Josh Smith just hit an inside the park home run. Nice. Oh, at 7% owned. That is fantastic. <laughs> and awful lefty too lefty lefty um i think that might have been his first career home run i don't know i have to check anyway yankees bats like i said kind of digging into ashcraft everything kind of points to he might actually really struggle with right right-handed power bats and if that's the case this is not a good matchup for him and <laughs> i mean the Yankees stack at home definitely in play here yeah, I mean, we're chasing power here. Judge and Stanton always in play, obviously. The the price on Josh Donaldson just still isn't quite where it should be. He's 4K even. Um, so I really like him as a, a strong fly ball hitter. Uh, Glaber Torres, another fly ball hitter at 4,400. Um, yeah, I mean, th- like I'm looking for the right-handed fly ball hitters here. It's Judge, Stanton, Torres, Donaldson are, are the top four. Uh, Trevino is a $3,300 catcher, certainly in play too. That was his first career home run. I wonder if the last time there was like the first career home run was a inside the park home run. That's it's wild. That's awesome. So cool. Yep. Anyway, um, Philadelphia at Toronto. No total in this game because I mean we really don't know if Gaussman's gonna pitch or not yet. We'll have to see. But um Kent Emmanuel is supposed to start here um for Philadelphia. Do you have any interest in Kent Emanuel? So I looked this guy up. Um, he is a fully stretched out starting pitcher and he is minimum price. He Bullpen probably... last year, right? Yeah, I, that's what I thought too. I was like, this is an opener situation. When I first saw the name, he has been a, a full-time starter in the minors this year for what it's okay. worth. He threw um, five and two-thirds innings in his last AAA start and six innings the, the start before that. So he is completely stretched out. I think you're probably going to get around 90 pitches here, assuming that he is effective enough. 
He's had outstanding control in AAA, a, a walk rate under 2%, not, not a ton of strikeouts. Um, but for 4K, I mean, on a different slate, like you, you talked about Coors being completely underpriced again, which changes the dynamics of the slate. I don't think that we really need the 4K pitcher on this slate, but I don't think it's the worst idea in the world either. I think he can go out there and give you five innings and come up with 10 DraftKings points. So if we had more bats we were looking to pay up for and didn't have the value in Coors, he would be more in play. Probably not the slate because of the dynamics of, of Coors and, and the cheap bats that we have. We had, I just don't think that we need the value of pitcher. We don't. And I mean, he's a lefty going up against Toronto and that has all kinds of bad recipes to it. Um, yeah, I, I looked at, man, I knew he was a bullpen guy last year, but you're right. He has started three starts at AAA ever since he's come back, but low strikeouts in a matchup against this offense, especially as a lefty. We're going to talk about some Toronto bats here in a minute for sure. Um, I mean, Gaussman was an ankle injury and he left early in that Tampa game with the ankle injury through a bullpen session. And I mean, I don't know, man, this, this worries me. I'm not going to lie that he couldn't do his bullpen session. They pushed his starts back. Um, I mean, line drives off the, it hurts. It really, it only happened to me one time and I was super lucky. That's the only time. And it was off. It wasn't even off my ankle. It was off my shin. And it is very painful. Um, I mean, Gaussman has a full go. I, I I would like this spot. I am just super nervous that he's not a hundred percent here. Um, Cause he is so good against righties and, you know, you're only worried about Schwarber and maybe Hall as the lefties here and he's 9,300. So there's some value in the price. In, in tournaments, I think you definitely take the risk if you're playing a bunch of teams. In cash games, I think there's going to be a better SP2 um, to pair with Cole today. Yeah, I don't know what to do with Gaussman here. I, I did see that play, and he had trouble even walking off the field. Like, it was it was a super straight-on shot right to the, the leg, ankle area. Um, one thing to note, that I, I saw a note today that Philly will be putting Real Muto, and I believe it was Baum, on the restricted list. I'm guessing that they're not vaccinated going into Toronto. Um, so, But Philly will be shorthanded in this series. <sighs> I mean, I don't know that you're necessarily scared of Real Muto, who has not had a great year in Bohm against Gaussman, um, who dominates righties. But it is just worth noting that I think Philly will be down at least those two guys. And there were a couple others on that list, too. But those were the two names that, that stood out to me. I just I'm with you. I'm concerned, like even if he's 90 percent, but still has that slight pain in that that ankle when he lands on it that could be a real problem. Like I, like I could see him go out there and try to give it a go. And after one inning, just can't find his command at all because he's got a little bit of pain and this could end up being a really short start. I think there's a a huge amount of risk, but I am, I am intrigued by the upside. I would like the matchup if I knew he was hundred percent, but I'm just going to have to try to dig in and find some more information. Um, I'm, I'm guessing if he's going out there to make the start that, that he feels good enough to give it a go, uh, just way more risk than usual with this guy. That's really interesting. Um, as far as like, 
I knew Nola was not gonna travel. Yeah, he was one of the other ones. You're right. Um, but I didn't know Real Muto. I wonder how uh, that affects the pitchers too. I mean, no, Real Muto catches a ton. Um, yeah, Stubbs the is best. the other Stubbs is the other catcher. So I mean, this might be a, a series just to load up on Toronto, and I think it's only a two game series from what I remember. Um, yeah, I think Galsman. Um, I mean, so he had a bullpen session Friday. I looked it up. Uh, I found an article on it. So he had a bullpen session Friday, and they pushed his start back a little bit more to give him more time to heal. Um, but he did throw a bullpen session Friday. So, I mean, he did get through a bullpen session. Yeah, I I think Gassman's more in play than I initially thought. Um, uh, just the upside's there. The risk is there, too. Um all right, let's talk Philly bats. I mean, like you mentioned, we're not going to have Real Muto in there. Boom, those are two lower strikeout guys in this lineup. So, I mean, that potentially helps a little bit. Um, you're going to get Stubbs in there who only a 160 ISO, big-time ground ball hitter. Um, I don't even know who will end up playing third. Um, we'll have to see. What are your thoughts here on the Philly bats? Not a ton of interest. Uh, Gaussman, just not a pitcher I like to pick on because of his control um, and his strikeout ability too. Yeah, I mean, I, just Schwarber, you can always play as a one-off, but he's he's super expensive. Castellanos' price is starting to finally get up to where it should be. Um, Derek Hall is still pretty cheap, so I don't mind that as a, a one-off power bat. Um, but I, I won't be looking to stack against Gaussman. I mean, I'm just if he's if Gaussman's making the start, I'm just going to assume that he's healthy enough to to go out there and give it a go. That's how I feel. I feel like that is the right way to approach it. Um, the Toronto bats. I really like Toronto. The more I think about this, with no real Muto, um, I think that hurts a pitcher, even like Emmanuel, who, yeah. Yeah, I like – the more I think about this, the more I really like it. You know, Emmanuel's not like a young guy. He's been around forever, and he's just been minor league guy, I think, since like 2013 or 2014. I just looked him up before we started. But anyway, um, I like the Toronto stack a lot here. You know, you have a couple cheap bats with Chapman and T. Oscar, Gariel, um, and then you can get some expensive bats with Bichette, um, Vlad, Springer, so – get a good mix here on Toronto. I like the stack a lot. Yeah. You made some important points on the pricing there. And even the top end guys like Bichette is appropriately priced at 5,300, but Vlad and Springer at 4,800. I mean, I think that's a little bit underpriced for this matchup. Uh, Kirk has had a phenomenal season at 4,700. And then, then we're talking about guys who are underpriced in Teoscar Chapman, depending on where Espinall bats, I, I wouldn't mind him. He's 3,600 Guriel at 3,600 as well. So yeah, this is this is a really affordable stack. We we love the upside from Toronto here. We know they're they're death to left-handed pitching. So yeah, I'm I'm w- totally on board with you. Love the Toronto stack. All right, cruising here. The second half of the doubleheader for the White Sox and and Guardians. Uh, again, this game will not be on Fanduel. There's no lineup for this game. We're assuming that it's going to be um, Plinko against Seas in the second game here. Uh, Dylan Seas. Getting Cleveland, I mean, Dylan Seeds has been pitching phenomenal um, over the last month. I just, Cleveland's a tough matchup. But the flip side of that is, 
the bottom half of that lineup is really not great. Um, I mean, that you saw them give Lance Lynn such a hard time, and he couldn't get out of that first inning. Dylan Seas is not um, Lance Lynn. You know, Dylan Seas is a guy that he can strike out lefties and righties. Um, I don't think I play a lot of Seas today because I do think the matchup's tough. But the flip side of that, Keith, is this is a doubleheader. Are they going to roll out all of their guys for a second game on the day? So can't just instantly say, hey, I'm not playing Seas until we see that lineup. Yeah, totally agree with that. If we get J-Ram sitting the second half of a doubleheader or something, it would be all systems go for Cease. Um, Naylor's been banged up too. Yeah, absolutely. I I would not be surprised at all to see Naylor sit one of the games tomorrow for sure. Um, So if he's playing that first one, I think you can almost certainly count on him being out of the lineup. Um, Even if they have everybody in there, I'm still interested in Cease. Uh, anytime we get guys with strikeout rates in the mid thirties, I don't care what, what the matchup is. Um, I, Cleveland is a team that doesn't strike out a ton, but when you guys, when you have guys with elite stuff, um, they can just come out and overpower these high contact offenses. I think Cease is, is super in play. I'll be very curious to see where his ownership comes in. Um, if the match, if people are perceiving this as a, a difficult matchup and he's coming in below, some of the other pitchers, like Strider is another very interesting case who's, who has a tough matchup. I'll be very curious to see the ownership on, on these two guys and, and where they come in. But if Cease is, is not going to be popular on this slate, I'm going to load up on him. The other side, uh, Plinko really struggles with righties, and he's going to be a kind of a disadvantage for this one because there's a righty starting in the early game and they can kind of platoon this lineup a little bit here for the White Sox today. Maybe they give, like, Eloy the early game off um, and play him in the second game against the lefty. So I don't want to play um, Plinkington here. No, me either. I, I Just not enough strikeout upside. The White Sox are, are getting healthier. It's been a rough year for them, but I have actually quite a bit of interest in the in the White Sox stack here. Keep playing them. They keep disappointing, you know, keep playing them. <laughs> um, I mean, this is a fantastic spot. Abreu, Big Iso, Eloy, Pollock, Robert, Anderson, all of these guys hit left-handed pitching well. Um, shout out to uh, Will. Yesterday was very high on Moncada on Grinders Live and on uh, the Morning Grind, and he finally got that home run from Moncada, and he was super cheap, so shout out to him. But, yeah, I mean, I'm with you. I like the White Sox here. We... I mean, this sets up as a fantastic spot. You get a guy that gives up a ton of fly balls and a ton of hard contact to righties, walks a lot of righties. Um, I mean, bases should be juiced here for this this team. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you've got the expensive guys up top. Anderson and Abreu are great against lefties, obviously. Um, Robert up there, too. All those guys are over 5K. But because of some of the value bats in this lineup, it makes it pretty easy to fit the whole stack in. Uh, Vaughn, I don't mind his price at 4,300. Eloy is very underpriced against a lefty at 3,700. Pollock underpriced at 3,400. Moncada at 3K. It is it is very easy to make a five-man stack here when you're including a couple of those value guys. Um, and they're not even like slap-hitting value guys. They're, they're guys with big-time power who are just underpriced for their talent. Yep. All right. Um I don't, I don't think I want to play Cleveland against C's, not on a 14-game slate. I mean, you can, you can one-off Jose Ramirez anytime, but again, like second half of the doubleheader, they're going to have their normal lineup up in. 
yeah, I'm, I'm not trying to attack Cease here. He's been too good this year. All right, we got Boston at Tampa taking on the Rays. Seven and a half total in this game. Red Sox a slight favorite here at 120. He's back. Chris Sale <laughs> making his debut. Um, I mean, it was a stress fracture to his ribs. I don't know what to expect. I'm sure no one really knows what to expect. And then you got, I mean, the reason the Red Sox are the favorite in this game, you got Corey Kluber on the other side of this game. And I say that he he dominated the Red Sox in Fenway a week ago. Um, do you have any interest in Chris Sale? We'll start there. So I did do some reading on his rehab stuff. He threw 52 pitches in his second rehab start, four innings, seven Ks, no walks. Looked phenomenal. His last rehab started through 72 pitches, but he had five walks and five Ks. That's a little, a little concerning the control uh, in his last rehab start. I, I mean, obviously when Chris Sale is right, he's one of the best pitchers in baseball. The The pitch count going from 52 to 72 is encouraging. I think we can get 80 pitches out of him here in this one with maybe a ceiling around 90. Um, so if I had to peg the pitch count, I'd probably go – 75 to 85 conservatively. I think 80 to 90 is, is certainly within the range too. And Chris sale at 8,400, if I'm getting 80 to 85 pitches, I'm, I'm interested. Um, Tampa Bay doesn't strike out as much against lefties as they do against righties, which is a, another concerning thing, but this Tampa Bay lineup is hurting too. They're Wander Franco is going to miss a bunch of time now. They've been without Brandon Lau for, for a long time. So it's just, it's not a full strength Tampa lineup. I think I have some interest in Chris Sale at 8,400. I definitely want to keep an eye on the news and see if I can find a firm pitch count. Um, but eight, 80 pitches from Chris Sale at 8,400 against a, a watered down Tampa lineup. I'm, I have some interest. <sighs> yeah. I don't know. My, my interest levels. Kind of, I mean, Chris Sale is elite when he is 100%. Um, one of the best pitchers in baseball. Um, I just, I don't know what to, what to expect. I, you know, you were talking about pitch count. I think, I think 80, I think 75 is more likely than 90. Um, in this spot, like this is his first start of the season. I expect him to be limited at some point. I don't think they're going to go out and say, hey, Chris Sale, go throw us 100 pitches um, at, by any means here. So expectation-wise, um, I want to have kind of low expectations here for Sale. Uh, but on the flip side, I mean, every game between the Rays and the Red Sox is important. Um, the AL East is the AL wild card almost. Um, you know, the Mariners are kind of in that conversation as well. But with Baltimore winning eight straight, I mean, the Yankees are clear, clearly ahead of everybody. But, I mean, there's four games separating second and fifth as far as the AL East coming into the All-Star break. So, um, and really, everyone in the AL East except for Toronto is playing fantastic right now. So, every game is important. I just, I worry about his pitch count more than anything else on a 14-game slate. But with Franco out and them missing some of their key pieces here in general, maybe sale is worth the conversation. Um, I don't know. It's tough. It's really tough. I th- I'm, I'm kind of hoping we get like a, hey, he's only going to throw 75 pitches and then I don't have to worry about it um, kind of thing. But 
Corey Kluber on the other side of this game, like I said, he dominated the Red Sox in Fenway um, last time out. He only threw 80 pitches in that domination. Um, only allowed three hits, had 25 fantasy points. He's 8K, and I feel like that was his ceiling. Um, I do not want to play Corey Kluber today. Yeah, I'm with you there. I just He's not a huge strikeout guy. Um Strikeout rate is 21% this season. Boston's a, a strong offense. It is a good pitcher's park, but he there's just not enough consistency there. Um, I, I would rather take shots on sale than, than try to get another ceiling game out of Kluber. I, I know that for sure. Um, and there's plenty of pitchers uh, in the 9K range that, that have a ton of ceiling also. So I don't think we need Kluber here. Uh, bats for Boston, anything standing out to you here against Kluber? Don't love the Boston bats either. Um, like I said, tough park. Kluber's an okay pitcher. I, it's more Kluber's upside that I'm concerned about than I think he's going to go get blown up in this one. Um, Low walk rate too. Yep, absolutely. Um, so, I, I mean, I don't mind if you're trying to chase a home run, but tough ballpark for home runs. JD's price at 4,300 is is intriguing. Um, story at 4,700 would, would probably be the two, but not a ton of interest. I think the other thing um, that people just forget about so much when looking at like a guy like Kluber and, Oh, I'm, you know, maybe I stack against him. Like you still have a good bullpen and a coach that is not afraid to go to the bullpen super early in a game too. So Kluber gets into trouble. I mean, the most he's allowed this season was five earned runs. He allowed four and runs against Boston this season earlier this season, but that's it. You know, he's mostly been around one or two earned runs. He just doesn't – I don't know if he necessarily has the the overall upside and ceiling that I want on a 14-game slate, but I don't think I stack against him. Maybe a home run hunt, but the only guy I would want a home run hunt with is Devers, and he's been dealing with a back injury, so probably pass on him too. Um, And honestly, like Tampa for me would be a stacker fade. I would stack and just hope that Chris Sale's not right in his first start. And they'd be really, really low owns, but I mean, I typically play three lineups and I probably don't get to a Tampa stack. Yeah, I don't love it either. Um, they are cheap, but like they just don't have a ton of talent with Franco and Lau on the, on the IL Zunino, another power bat that's, that's not available. Um, so, I mean, Paradis has been really good against lefties, but outside of that, there's just, there's no power in this lineup. It's a really tough ballpark for home runs. Um, I, I don't feel the need to attack sale here. All right. We got the Mets and the Braves. Eight and a half total in most books here. Some books have it at eight. Um, most books have it at Atlanta minus 165, though. We got Peterson against Strider. Any interest here in David Peterson going up against the Braves? This is a, a highly volatile spot. Peterson could absolutely go out here and get blown up against the Braves. They have a ton of right-handed power, but Peterson's been pretty good this year. Um, strikeout rate above 25%, and the Braves have struck out a ton. That price tag at 8,200, if he's on here and can limit the damage, I think there's there's a lot of upside. So I might sprinkle him in. I think he's going to be pretty low-owned in this spot. Um, but boy, it's dangerous. He could absolutely go out there and go up three or four home runs too, but I like the price tag. I think there's some strikeout upside here. I'll probably take a couple of shots, but, but, uh, it, he won't be one of my probably top five own pitchers. He's one that I hope like comes in at like four and a half strikeouts and I can take advantage of it. Um, 
Yeah, he doesn't I like that. My my biggest concern on the DFS side of things with Peterson is like they just they walk a ton. Yes, they strike out, but they also walk a ton. He's a ground ball pitcher, and he's going to face a ton of ground ball hitters. And I think that he has going for him. Um, it's just a walk rate more than anything else. Um, I mean, it's a boom bust spot. He faced him earlier this season, put up 17. Is 17 enough? 8,200 on a 14 game slate? Probably not. Is he going to kill you? Probably not. So I think Peterson is in play. I'm definitely going to be, you know, searching his, his prop more than anything else here um, in this one. And then Spencer Strider on the other side of this game might actually be an elite strikeout pitcher and we're, we're witnessing it like firsthand here. I mean, I'll play him against the Mets. I know they're a low strikeout team, but honestly, I don't care at this point. Um, I'm believing in the stash. I'm, I'm right there with you. He's, he just is so much fun to watch. Um, like the stuff is phenomenal. The fastball is elite. The slider looks elite. He mixes in a changeup, which isn't quite there yet, but the, the, the other two pitches are absolutely elite. Strikeout rate is enormous. has so much movement, dude. Yeah, like he's throwing 100, and it's moving all over the place. It's just not fair. And he is, his control has come to him at, since he moved into the rotation. Like he was, he was struggling with control uh, out of the bullpen, but since he's moved into the, the starting rotation, he's kind of found that groove. He's, he's, his leash is growing. He's been up over 100 pitches a couple of times. I don't care about the matchup for this guy. Strikeout rate has climbed to 39%. Like he has absolutely elite stuff. I don't care what his opponent's strikeout rate is. I'm I'm playing some strider for sure. I don't care who his opponent is either at this point. Um, the thing that I like too, like you can't stack against him. He's not giving up any home runs. Um, I think he's allowed two home runs, three home runs on the season. Like he has 102 strikeouts in in 65 <laughs> innings. Like he's catching McClanahan for the most strikeouts in the league, and he's pitched. Um, I think like 30 less innings than McClanahan. It's just crazy. So, I mean, we knew he was good. We like everybody knew he was good. And I mean, yeah, just what a yeah, deal they're getting at $700,000 a year with this talented uh, young guy. I mean, this guy, he's going to sign a big deal. He reminds me, he reminds me a lot of Jacob DeGrom. Like Jacob DeGrom came on the scene and we we're like, holy crap. Um, yeah. That's a great comp, actually. Yeah. So, and, like, if he if he develops any secondary pitches outside of that fastball slider combination, that is just deadly. Um, it's, I mean, it it might already be lights out, even with only two and a half pitches. If he if he adds a a strong changeup and a a curveball or something, just to change his pace a little bit, like it's just good night. His changeup is really good. He just doesn't throw it against righties. He only uses it against lefties. It's really weird. Um, maybe that's something he develops and works on in the the off season, but. Yeah, I mean, 16% swinging strike rate, 39% K rate. He's an elite strikeout pitcher, and he should be in play. Marte's banged up. That takes out one of their potential good bats here. Um, McNeil is out, too, I'm pretty sure. I um, think he was put on the paternity list. I thought I saw that come across Monday. So yep, I saw that, too. Not the normal Mets lineup anyway. So, yeah, I love this spot uh, for Strider. And then I don't really have any interest in the Mets bats. No, I, I don't either. Um, like you said, like he's unhittable. I'm, I'm not chasing bats against him on a full slate. Under 100 ISO. Like I said, he's only had three home runs on the season. Nope. Atlanta, I mean, with Peterson's control issues from time to time, 
I could see a Atlanta stack working. It's going to be hot in Atlanta. It always is. I mean, it's it's July. It's just like living in Florida. It's hot. So I I could see this stack being viable, but I also could see them scoring like three runs. So I think it's a stack or fade spot, especially at these prices. You're you're going to need this stack to really just kind of come through here for you if you're playing them. Yeah, it's a really expensive stack, so it's going to be tough to pay up for for double aces if you're trying to stack Atlanta. Um, you've got their all their best bats are five k and above. Acuna, Swanson, Riley, Darno above five k. Olson, lefty lefty also, and forty nine hundred. Even William Contreras' price is way up there now, forty nine hundred. So I don't love the pricing here. I think Peterson's a pretty good pitcher, so I, I don't see myself paying for Atlanta on the slate. Yeah, I, I hear you. Um, Mets have a pretty good bullpen too, so maybe I don't end up stacking against them. Oh, gosh, and we forgot to mention, like when we were talking about the Yankees, why I pulled the next game here. Um, Cincinnati bullpen has just been atrocious um, yeah. recently. So, like the Yankees, I think are the best pivot off a of course today. All right, we got Milwaukee at Minnesota. Nine total in this game. The Twins, a 135 favorite. Uh, Winder and Alexander facing off in this one. Any interest here in Jason Alexander? Uh, No, I think Minnesota sets up pretty well here. Um, Low strikeout guy. Lots of ground balls, but the control has been getting away from him a little bit. I'm I'm not playing Alexander. I mean – the nicest way to say it is just not missing bats. Um, yeah. I mean, that's the the nicest way to say it, you know. So I'm going to pass on Jason Alexander here. And then Josh Winder on the other side of this game, 7K, you know, showed a little bit of upside. But if you look at the two matchups that he had big games, it was against Oakland and Tampa, two really high strikeout offenses. And, I mean, that that concerns me here. But on the flip side of it, too, Milwaukee is a team that, I mean, they're top five, top six in strikeouts against right-handed pitching. So maybe this is a spot he could take advantage of. Uh, do you have any interest here in Josh Winder? No, I think I'm more on the on the Milwaukee bats. Um, there's a couple of lefties in there that, that I really want to target in Tellez and, and Yelich. I just I see myself going up to the 9K range for the big strikeout guys more than I'm, I'm trying to chase a value pitcher on the slate. Yeah, I mean, talented prospect. I just – he's done a great job not giving up a ton of hard contact. And he in AAA, he did show the ability to have big strikeout stuff. But he is a fly ball guy, and that's always concerning when you have a fly ball guy in the majors, especially a young pitcher. So I probably don't play him today. Um I will say I don't really love anybody in this like mid tier today. Um, yeah, like this is a day we're going to talk about these pitchers that are just down here. And honestly, I want to pay up for pitching as much as I can today. Um, yeah. So just wanted to kind of throw that out there too. All right. Let's talk bats. Um, what do you like here from Milwaukee? The lefties first um, tell us, I think is, a top option. I, the price is way up on him now, but he's had, he's had a great year. He's up to 5k. Um, good power back though. I'd like him. Uh, Yelich's price at 5,300. The thing I don't love is, is the pricing. Um, but I do like the matchups for both of those guys because of the pricing. I don't know that I'll full stack it. 
you can add Colton Wong and Urias in there who are cheaper, but still not just not super cheap. And I don't have a ton of interest in playing guys like Jace Peterson. Um, we'll see if here is in the lineup. He's cheap with some power, but I, I don't love the full stack here for Milwaukee. Um, but I, I do like Tellez quite a, quite a bit. Um, just not sure that I can find enough to, to pair with him to make it a full stack. I love Yelich in this spot. He's one of my favorite hitters on the entire slate. Winder, like I said, he's showing a lot of fly ball tendencies. Yelich is a big ground ball hitter. So anytime that Yelich is going to face a fly ball pitcher, I have a ton of interest. So, yeah. Um, Minnesota here, I mean, we put it nice, right? We said Alexander's just not missing bats. Um, I like Minnesota here. I just <sighs> – it goes back to that, like that bullpen thing. Like if you knock this guy out early, there's a good bullpen behind him. And that's always like super concerning. Cause I mean, even if you look on the season, right? Like he's given up six and four run runs. Um, and, and like the bullpen came into that St. Louis game where he gave up four and runs and they didn't give up another run. They came into that Cubs game game was kind of out of hand when he got pulled out of it and they only gave up two more runs. So I I like Minnesota. I just don't know if I full stack them here. I'm more concerned about the bullpen behind him than I am him. Yeah, you make some really good points there. Um, I'm kind of with you. Like, I like Minnesota, but I don't love Minnesota. And on a full slate, I'm just not sure how much I, I get to them. I think there, there are plenty of offenses in better spots. Um. Kepler at 4,600, I, I do have interest in that as a one-off would be fine. Can always play Buxton, but I, I agree. The the Milwaukee bullpen, um, especially the the back end there, is, is really tough. So they shorten the game, and that that definitely limits the upside of stacks against them. So I do I do like some individual bats, but I agree I'm not, not completely sold on the stack. Like seven or eight games slate, we're not as concerned, right? Like, right. all right, yeah, we can get it, but – I mean, a big 14 game slate, like you're going to need, you're going to need something like big. Um, all right. The Dodgers and Cardinals. I like this. This will, this will be a fun series here. Um, we got White going up against Libertor in this one, nine total. Dodgers, a 140 favorites. Uh, any interest here in Mitch White? This St. Louis team just doesn't strike out enough. Um, they were on a rough stretch there. They they finally put up some runs today, but Mitch White I think is a talented pitcher. I just I don't like th- playing pitchers in DFS against St. Louis. Um, talented offense that doesn't strike out a bunch. So seventy eight hundred is fine. I just I don't know. I, I like the nine K range of pitching so much on this slate. I'm going to try to get there as much as I can. I think White is in play if you're trying to save some money, uh, but I, ju- I just don't love it on the slate. Yes. I mean, <laughs> that mid-tier is not great. Um, I-, I agree with you 100%. Um, but, like, Mitch White is not Aaron Nola. And, I mean, I was okay with taking some shots on on Nola. Smaller slate yesterday. Just it's tough for me, like you said, to play right-handed pitching against St. Louis. They're they're tough offense to to beat. Um, Libertor on the other side of this game is sixty four hundred, facing the Dodgers. 
Dodgers definitely way better against right-handed pitching, but I mean, I'm probably not playing Libertor here either. No, another really talented prospect, but he just hasn't quite figured it out. He's been getting crushed by righties. Um, yeah, I'm not playing him against the Dodgers. I mean, there's a chance that he sees seven righties in this spot. So, all right, let's, uh, let's talk some Dodgers bats. Yes, you have to pay up for Turner, and you have to pay up for bets, whether or not you want to play Freeman or if he's even in the lineup. But, I mean, there's some guys here. You know, you got Will Smith at 43. You got Turner at, at 39. Uh, it was hot in, in St. Louis on Monday. I'm assuming that it's going to be hot again here on this slate. There's some cheap potential Dodgers bats that could platoon in this game. Um, I like the Dodgers as a stack here, especially they're on the road. And, you know, I love road teams. I like that extra um, guarantee of that at bat. So I like the Dodgers here. Yeah, completely agree. Um, And the weather in St. Louis does matter. When the humidity is up in St. Louis, it actually – it's usually a pitcher's park. But when it's hot and humid in St. Louis, the balls fly there. They were definitely flying on Monday night. Uh, I mentioned that home run against Nola that that definitely looked like it, there was some carry on that ball. Um, so I, I absolutely love the righties. Will Smith is is one of the top bats on the slate. My favorite catcher on the slate by a, a wide margin. Justin Turner hasn't had a great season, but he's underpriced. 3,900 is phenomenal for him. Um, obviously, Betts and Turner are, are two of the elite bats on the slate. Um, and then depending on, on who's in the lineup, I'm guessing we see Trace Thompson in the outfield at 2,500. Um, it's just, it's a really easy team to stack when you've got Will Smith at 4,300, probably trace Thompson at 2,500. You can pretty much do anything you want after that. Yep. Um, there's one more cheap bat that I remember, but anyway, uh, St. Louis well, lamb has been playing. He probably is out against the lefty though. So you might, uh, McKinstry's lefty too. There, there will be another because Chris Taylor's on the IL. Um, like they're going to platoon there. I'd have to check their bench to see who else is on there, but there's, there's definitely going to be a, you know what they'll do. They'll, they'll play Austin Barnes and Will Smith. Probably one of them, probably Will Smith. Will Smith DH. DH, yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, St. Louis. I don't know. I don't really love the Cardinals here. I could see them having a good game and scoring some runs. I just don't know if they have like the overall ceiling twin you a tournament i mean it'd be a stack or fade for me yeah they're way down the list i agree um i there are some interesting bats gorman has a ton of power at 3500 i always like playing him um dylan carlson at 3200 i don't mind goldschmidt having a phenomenal year i just i don't know if i'm going to want to pay 5200 for him on the slate um Yepes has big power at 3700 so i think i'd probably look to make it like a value three-man stack with a Yepes gorman carlson type of thing um but yeah I, I won't have a ton of exposure to cardinals and probably probably not a full stack all right we got baltimore at chicago taking on the cubs night before but it looks like we're gonna have a crosswind in this game there's no total out for it because it's night before and the cubs don't ever put a total out the night before uh, Lyles and Sampson facing off in this one. Any interest here in Jordan Lyles? We haven't found a value pitcher on this slate yet, and I'm intrigued by Lyles in this matchup. Um, I'm entirely dependent on the wind. If the wind's blown out at all, I'm completely out because he is a flat ball pitcher. If you get a little bit of wind blowing in or you're even across, I, there's some strikeout upside here. 
I maybe could be talked into it if I need it. Obviously, the night before here, we haven't really started building lineups and figuring out how much we need a value pitcher. Um, with Coors being as un- underpriced as it is, as it is, plenty of other value bats and other spots. Don't know that I'll need to go here, but Lyles, I think if like for his price, I think he could be in play if we need a, a cheap pitcher. I kind of agree with you. Um, it's also very helpful that he's been throwing a hundred pitches a lot in his recent starts, and Baltimore's been playing really good. Like I said, they've won eight straight games. Um, so I don't hate it. But I'm going to say it again. I'm going to try to spend up as much as I possibly can at pitcher on this slate. Um, Adrian Sampson on the other side of this game, shown to be a decent pitcher, I think is the nicest way to say it. Um, Has decent strikeout stuff. Doesn't typically walk. Another potential fly ball pitcher. It's so hard to tell. Um, We haven't seen a ton of them yet. Uh, What are your thoughts here on Sampson? Yeah, I think Sampson is actually underrated. He's made some big changes um, he's found some velocity here this year and he has been striking out a few guys. There's no way I'm playing him in the spot. Like you said, Baltimore is actually playing much better They're, I think at this point, they're at least an average offense with Rutschman up. Some of their other young guys have taken a step. Um, so I'm not playing Samson here, but I, I mean, I think he is a little bit underrated at this point, but I, I would much rather take a shot on Lyles than Samson. Um, Baltimore bats, anything standing out to you for Baltimore? I do like the pricing on some of these guys. Um, Rutschman as a $3,900 catcher, I'm certainly interested in. Um, Mullins at $4,900 is in play. I, the first baseman, Mountcastle and Mancini, are both still cheap with a ton of power. So if there's any wind blowing out, I'm, I'd be fine with, with those guys. Um, yeah, I mean, probably not a full stack. I don't. I just don't see the upside unless we get wind at – at 10 miles an hour out or something like that, then I would have a lot more interest in this spot. But assuming that, that the winds are light or blowing in um, be more of a, a three man for me with like a, a Rutschman, Rutschman Mount Castle Santander type of thing. I think Rutschman has arrived. Um, we knew once Looking he started hitting, he was going to be yep. fine. So um, hits in four of his last five games, like Adley Rutschman call um, Santander is another guy. If you're, you know, getting that like mini Baltimore stack, Mullins at 4,900 is someone that has big upside. Um, so don't mind him. Chicago side, I mean, you kind of said it when you were talking about Lyles. He is more of a little bit of a fly ball pitcher. Um, so if you want to play Contreras today at 5,900, no one's playing him today um, because of his price. And it's such a big slate. So, I mean, I definitely don't mind getting some Contreras in there. Um, what are your thoughts here on your Cubbies? Yeah, Contreras is in a great spot, but that's a tough price. Um, I like Suzuki at 4,600, a fly ball hitter. I think he could hit home run here today. Ian Happ is the one I really like. Um, Lyles gives up a little bit more hard contact to lefties. Flap Hap a fly ball hitter. Um, I like his matchup here. So Hap would be the guy I'm targeting at 4,300. Not not loving the full stack, but I think they they can hit some home runs for sure. All right, we got Oakland at Texas. Um, this game is never ending on Monday night. They just keep hitting home runs in this one. Um, Otto against Caprillion. 
Eight and a half total. Uh, Rangers, a 170 favorites. Any interest here in James Caprillion? No. Um, I've been chasing this guy a little bit this year, thinking that there was more talent in there. We just haven't seen it. I need to see him perform a little bit better. Like the strikeouts are, are way too low. The walks are way too high. Just something off mechanically with him. Um, former pretty good prospect, but just doesn't have it at this point. I need to see it out of him before before I chase him again. I mean, I stacked Texas a lot on Monday, and I'm going to be doing it again here. Yeah, um, I'm with you there. Glenn Otto, 5,700 going up against Oakland. I will say this. I don't want to play Glenn Otto, but <laughs> Glenn Otto might be the best play under 6K today. Yeah, he's the punt if you're if you're looking to punt. Um, it's a phenomenal matchup against Oakland. Another pretty good prospect, I think, but just hasn't quite put it together. He's not striking out enough. He's walking too many. He's had flashes of decent pitching here and there, um, but he's just, he's just walking too many guys at this point is, is really his biggest issue. The, the flip side of that is Oakland doesn't walk a ton. So I think because of the matchup, if you're looking to punt, Otto's the guy, but I, I don't know that we need to do it on the slate. I mean, he is a guy that has put up over 20 fantasy points. He does that here at 5,700. That's really good. Um, he's a guy that, like, is he going to be popular in, like, the Yankee stacks and stuff like that um, because there's not a ton of options in this range today is my biggest concern with Otto, but – I mean, I said this on the podcast yesterday because we thought he was starting, but I think this is a spot where you click his name, you hope that Oakland rolls out that terrible lineup that they've been rolling out with with a ton of strikeouts and low walks, and you don't look at it until the next morning. Um, So, yeah. Any interest here in the Oakland Bats? No, I just – not enough not enough talent here. Definitely not stacking them because I can't even find enough names to click that I would want in my lineup. Seth Brown at 3,800 is, is a guy that I don't mind, but they're, they're not, they're very right-handed too. And Otto struggles more to lefties. Um, so probably, probably Seth Brown is a one-off is the only, only interest I have. Yep. Um, was it matching the guy that hit lead off? Yeah. He's a shortstop third base option. Um, He's like 2,300. If you want to take a shot on him hitting leadoff as like a one-off cheap bat, I don't hate it. But I think there's a lot of opportunity costs at both those positions today, so probably don't get there. And one of the reasons there's so much opportunity cost shortstop today is because of Corey Seager. The dude is scorching. Fire. Yep. He's scorching. Um, home runs in five of his last six games. He has found his groove. He's at 20 home runs on the season now. And... I mean, I'm going right back to the well in Texas. I like them a lot on Monday. They have a Texas stack that's making a climb a little bit with that game kind of scoring some runs. Um, I wish it didn't have Bella. Anyway, um, what are your thoughts here on Texas? Yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. I absolutely love them. I absolutely love the lefties. Caprillion is a guy with a, a very wide split. He struggles a ton to lefties. He doesn't strike any of them out. He gives up a ton of hard contact to lefties. Um, Seager might be my favorite play on the entire slate. You've got a couple of value bats from the left side of the plate as well. And uh, Nate Lowe, Cole Calhoun, Josh Smith, Brad Miller, if he's in the lineup, 
Uh, very easy to stack up. Jonah Heim is is most likely going to catch from here on out with uh, Garver going on the IL. So Texas very left-handed against a pitcher that struggles greatly with, with lefties. So I, I think they set up uh, – they're in a great spot here against Caprillion. Detroit at Kansas City. This game at eight and a half. Most books, some books have it at nine. Almost every book has it as Royals minus 130. Brisky against Chris Bubich. Um, any interest here in Bo Brisky? Nope. A little bit too expensive. I, I would much rather punt with Otto, who is a thousand cheaper. Even Bubich on the other side, I would prefer to Brisky. Just not, not, a, not a bunch of strikeout upside. Um, Casey, not a team that strikes out very much. Can I get that bad taste out of my mouth um, for him? Because I played White Sox against him last time out and and he just didn't pitch well, or he pitched really well, and they just stunk. Um, so bad taste out of my mouth. I'm with you. Um, I'm out on Brisky. Interesting. Albert Pujols is going to be in the home run derby. Um, oh, man. It's <laughs> crazy. Good for him. Um, Bubich on the <laughs> other side of this game. Man, I know it's Detroit, and I get it, but Chris Bubich – he walks guys more than he strikes them out almost. He gives up a ton of hard contact. He's not good against lefties or righties. I could see him scoring fantasy points here because it's Detroit, but I mean, I'm probably going to leave him on the shelf today. Yeah, I agree with you. The only reason we would need to do it is if Otto picks up ownership. I think Bubich would be the logical pivot from Otto. I'm not sure that I want either one of them. And I kind of feel like the, like there's so much talent at the upper tier of pitching that I don't think we're going to need to mess with these guys today, um, which would leave Otto lower owned and he would be my preferred option to Bubich. But if Otto for some reason ends up picking up some ownership and we need a pivot in this lower tier, Bubich would be the guy. There's some strikeout potential here. Um, but like you mentioned, he's just walking way too many guys, which means he's not going to pitch deep into the game. Um, yeah, I, I don't think we'll end up needing him, but he he's in play if, if Otto ends up carrying some ownership i want to pay it for pitching as much as i can on this slate um i just want to continue to like hammer that home yeah. um as and much I'm as possible 100 in agreement with you there i actually have a little bit of interest in the detroit bats today um it would be a three-man stack and it would really i mean these three guys it would be grossman Baez, and haas um they're not expensive and they should hit one, two, three, or one, two, three, four, uh, one, two, four, something along those lines, depending on where they hit Miggy. Um, I'm okay with leaving Miggy out of my stack at 2,500. I want Grossman at 25, assuming he hits lead off against the lefty. And then Baez is the power guy, and Haas is just a catcher that, you know, could be a very viable four hitter in this spot. Yeah, I think you you broke that down really well. I don't have much to add. Baez is a one-off or that little three-man stack, I think that's that's the play. I don't have I think you else. can play any three of those guys as a one-off, too, if you don't want to take three Detroit bats. I completely understand. Um, and or it's like a two-man. You could two-man like Baez and Grossman at one-two, hitting one-two, and you know use Baez as shortstop to maybe pivot off of Seager and use Grossman as like the cheap bat to still get that like expensive pitch, pitcher stack you want. So just saying – um kansas city i mean no whit merrifield right now they i mean they pretty much said that he's not going to be back until after the all-star break earlier today 
Perez is still out as well. Um, I would assume maybe he sits until the All-Star break as well. They rolled out a terrible lineup um, in the second half of the doubleheader Monday, and I still played them, and they still scored, and you know it still worked out. Wits just he hit the ball really well. Breeski's hittable, man. He's hittable. Um, this is like one of those like potential cheaper stacks that you could play, but I, I think just looking at maybe Bobby Witt as like a one-off here would be my favorite idea. Um, I mean, this guy, he just, was it six or seven game hit streak now? Um, what are your yeah, thoughts on a, Kansas City? Yeah, it's, it's Bobby Witt. I absolutely love Bobby Witt. One of my favorite plays on the entire slate. I had to look it up just to double check. I, I remembered Brisky being reverse splits to, for power wise, and he yeah. is very much reverse splits. So Bobby Witt is, is absolutely the top play here at 4,500. I don't mind the lefties. If, if the splits looked a little different, I would have a, a lot of interest in Melendez, Benintendi and Pascantino as a really cheap, just combination. Um, but with Brisky splits, it, it's really just Bobby Witt Jr. that I want. So I'd give me him as a, as a one-off. I love that price at 4,500. This is a, a really talented dude with a ton of power and a ton of speed. So that's, that's a great way to score fantasy points. Jack in a bag upside. Um, I don't mind Melendez. If you want to play him, he hits at the top of the order as a catcher. That's always fantastic. Ben attendee is more of a ground ball hitter facing a fly ball pitcher. Um, so if you wanted to do a little three man, I wouldn't talk you off it. I think there's going to be some runs scored in this Kansas city game. Um, but let's get into it. This is the game that, you know, obviously everyone wants to hear your thoughts when it comes to cores. Um, anytime there's a cores game, we got San Diego at Colorado, 11 and a half total in this game. The Rockies, a 135 favorite. Clevenger against Gomber. Any interest here in Mike Clevenger? Nope. 9,100 in Coors. Um, still kind of working his way back from an injury. Just, yeah, too, too much to even think about it here. Yeah, no interest in Clevenger. Um, obviously, if you're a pitcher, you just got to throw sinkers in cores like Manaya, um, and it'll work <laughs> out. So, gosh, I'm yes, I'm salty. Yeah, I'm allowed to be. Yeah, no interest for me in Clevenger. No interest for me in Gomber. Um, yeah, man, I love the San Diego Padres again. Like, this is a stack that we all liked, and it's – a lot of the main pieces are, you know, going off. The overall stack is not the worst. Um, but I mean, they're gonna they're gonna platoon a lot of righties against him. Gomber 387 Woba 254 ISO. Um, any interest in Gomber for you? No, no chance. Yeah. So stock bats here. Um my favorite hitter on the entire slate is um Jorge Alfaro, he's 3,400. He probably hits fourth or fifth here today against the lefty, and he mashes lefties. Him and Machado are just in great spots. Um, if you're playing cash games, those are, should be your two first guys in um, on the slate, including two stud pitchers and just build from there. But, yeah, the Padres are way too cheap again today. Yep, absolutely. I mean, on Monday night, it was all the lefties. Cronenworth was in a, in a phenomenal spot and absolutely exploded. You had the two cheap outfielders, uh, Mazzara and Grisham, who were in good spots and, and free. We're just going to flip that around today. It's it's all the righties. Um, Machado is pr- the top play on the slate. Alfaro and Voigt are far too cheap. They have massive upside in this spot. Um, 
Azokar is probably going to be in there as a platoon outfielder. He's going to be the free outfielder, probably hitting near the, the bottom of the lineup, but a guy 2,400 in cores against a lefty, like definitely going to have interest. Um, yeah. I mean, they're the top, top team on the slate again. So I will say this, don't be afraid to play lefties against Gomber either. Um, he does give up a lot of fly balls and hard contact to lefties. He doesn't give up. Cronenworth in particular. He's a guy that, that really handles lefties. He's only 3,900. Like that's yep. ridiculous. And uh, if I'm, I could be wrong, but the last time I checked, probably week, week and a half ago, there was only two lefties in the Rockies bullpen. So don't be afraid to play the lefties. They're going to use a lot of righties in this bullpen because they're going to face a lot of right-handed bats here. So um, I'm no, I don't have any issues, you know, with Cronenworth. Well, we'll have to see what the lineup looks like in general. Um, you know, they are dealing with some injuries, so. It's not like you, you know, I probably don't play Hosmer, but I wouldn't talk you off of playing Hosmer at 2K if he's in the lineup because um, that's ridiculous in cores, but yeah. So if Kim is back and he ends up leading off, he's going to be the chalkiest guy on the slate at 2,900. He's been leading off against lefties, but he is a little bit banged up right now. Yep. And I mean, I don't think he's the craziest fade for what it's worth. Um he is good against yeah, lefties, I'm, though. Yeah, if fade Kim and play Cronenworth. I think you're that differentiates you quite a bit, just because people hate playing lefty lefty. Um, I mean, yeah, play I play Machado option. and play Corey Seager, and you get just as much upside as playing Kim. So, yep, a lot more expensive though. <laughs> <laughs> um, any interest in the Rockies bats here? So I think Clevenger is pretty good, um, and I prefer playing Rockies bats against lefties. Um, that said, it's Coors Field, and of course, they're in play. Um, they're not as cheap as the Padres. So while I liked Colorado almost as much as San Diego on Monday night, I think they're a clear step behind them uh, here for this slate. Um, yeah, I mean, they're in play. I just I like the way they set up against lefties so much better. Um, Blackman's never a guy I love to play in, at this stage of his career. McMahon has struggled a little bit this year, but he's cheap. Um, like I prefer Rogers against lefties. I prefer Joe against lefties. Um, so it's Crone, it's Roger, it's Blackman, uh, and McMahon that I, that I really like. Um, but of course it's cores and you can full stack it for sure. Yeah. I mean, if Chris Bryant was on the paternity list on Monday, so, I mean, we could see a very different type of lineup here for, the Rockies, um, I don't know, because they the the move was Bryant went on the paternity list and Hillard got called up. He's two K, um, he's a lefty, so if he's in there, he's potentially really cheap. Um, he becomes viable. That was one of the two K guys that I had written down before the show. Yep. So we'll have to see if he's in there or not. Um, Man, I think the Rockies go overlooked on this slate, and I think they have just as much upside as any other team um, with it. With this game being in Coors, if this game was in San Diego, we'd be playing Clevenger in this spot. So I, I kind of like the Rockies if they're going to be overlooked on this slate. I want to see ownership on the 14-game slate for them because I, I really think that – I mean, your, my initial reaction is the same as your initial reaction. We like the Padres. We like Colorado more against left-handed pitching. But does that make the the Rockies a low-owned team today? Um, if that's the case, I mean, it's Coors Field. 
it's not just because it's a good hitter's ballpark. I mean, it's just such a big field that like singles turn into doubles, doubles turn into triples type of ballpark. So I don't necessarily need five home runs for my guys. Uh, Houston Adelaide taking on the angels eight and a half total in this game. Astros, a one thirty favorite. Garcia against Syndergaard. Any interest here in Luis Garcia? The price tag is standing out. Ten um, one is a lot to ask for Luis Garcia, but he's had a, a pretty good year. Um, this is a phenomenal matchup against an Angels team that basically has two superstars and nothing else. Um, they strike the rest of them strike out a ton. So. 10-1 is a big ask, but he's in play for sure. Uh, I think he's got a ton of strikeout upside in this matchup. Um, like I said, you get around Otani and Trout, and there's there's really not much to be afraid of outside of that. So um, it's a big, big price tag, but I think I'll be playing some Garcia. Be very interested to see the ownership between the um, Strider, Cease, and Garcia. Like, they all can't be high-owned. I, I think Garcia is probably the lowest of the three. And I think he has just as much upside, even though the strikeout rate isn't quite as high. I like the, like his matchup the best. I think this is a low-scoring game. Um, I think I think Garcia, if he wasn't 10-1, I would probably have some interest in him. Um, but if if we're gonna see massive ownership on Cole, I think Garcia is is the is the pivot. If you're, I mean, obviously you can play Strider. But I think that like these three top guys are all very, very equal um, ceiling wise. I mean, I think Strider actually has the highest ceiling on the slate. Um, even in that lower strikeout matchup, his strikeout stuff is insane right now. But I think Garcia, like you said, you got to get around Otani and Trout, and the rest of the lineup is kind of trash. I mean, that's the night that I mean, I'm not, it's bad. Syndergaard on the other side of this game, I mean, on top of Brantley being out now, Jordan Alvarez is out as well. Um, he got put on the IL on Sunday. It sounds like he won't be back until after the All-Star break. Is Syndergaard that mid-tier option that actually might be viable today? Like, I mean, we have like nothing in this range today. And and honestly, I, I don't like a lot. But I mean... He's going to go out, and if he's pitching well, throw 90 pitches, and he can throw six innings. He can strike people out. He can put up 20-plus. There's not many guys that can do that on the slate. It just, I mean, this is not a huge strikeout matchup. Yeah, I don't know what to do with Syndergaard here. It definitely helps that Brantley and Jordan Alvarez not in the lineup, though. It's two of their better hitters. Yeah, that's definitely a big deal. I, I don't think I would even be considering it if Alvarez wasn't on the I.L., uh, with him out of the lineup, that's, that's a really big bat that lines up really well against Thor. Um, and Thor has – the strikeouts have ticked up here recently. Um, what did he have? He had – yeah, he struck out eight in his last time out. It was Miami. He struck out seven White Sox the time before that. So, like, we we know this guy has more talent in there. He just kind of has dealt with injuries, and he was pitching differently this year. I don't know. You might be talking me into some some Thor here. Um, with Alvarez out, he's in play for sure. I don't love it, and that's just because I, I still have this stigma in my mind that he's going to pitch to contact and get ground balls, and he's not going to try to strike out guys. But that's not really what we've seen the last two times out. So maybe, maybe he is the guy. Um, 
it's it's a much d- different matchup without Alvarez and Brantley in there. I agree. Those those would be two of the best bats um, to give Syndergaard problems. So I think he is in play. I don't know what has changed for Syndergaard as far as like coaching or catching or what, but he's gone from throwing like 45 to 55% fastballs in his last two starts to 40% and 35% sliders. Um, that's the only thing. Velocity is the same, but I mean, the Boston start 55% fastballs, the Yankees start 65%, Dodgers 50%, Royals 43%. That's when he started using a little bit more breaking stuff, but I mean, 39% against the White Sox and 27% against um, Miami. So that's the only thing that I see is he's just gone from throwing a ton of fastballs to throwing a lot more junk. Um, and that slider oh. usage of the last two, you, like you, I'm going to be all over his strikeout prop tomorrow. It's probably going to open up at four and a half, even five and a half. I think I have interest in, but because it's Houston, pretty sure that the number is going to be four and a half. And I'm, I'm going to hammer that, that, that slider usage is last two. Like it, it correlates directly to the uptick in strikeouts. Yep. Um, so we'll, we'll have to see, but I don't know. Uh, do I need, I need to go dig and see like who's caught him all year and who's caught him in those starts. Um, but honestly, to me, it looks like a coaching thing because going from that, like that drastic and back-to-back starts is huge. Um, and it, I mean, yeah, it directly correlates. So yep. just, I mean, this is why you dig, you know? Yep. We don't we don't always dig on this podcast because it's the first look, but I mean it was just one of those things where you were you're chatting. I had to look because um, the uptick in strikeouts was there, and I mean he could easily go back to throwing fastballs in the start and get crushed. So <laughs> <laughs> who knows? Anyway, um, any interesting Houston bats here? I'm struggling now with this with Syndergaard's usage, pitch usage, and. Um... Alvarez being out of this lineup, just not going to be as deep of a lineup. And even if he goes back to throwing fastballs, he's still very good at getting round balls. The control has been decent. So I don't, I don't have a ton of interest in Houston here. Um, Tucker as a one-off maybe, but even he's, he's priced up to 5,200. I don't love that. So I don't see myself getting to Houston very much. Yeah. I would have to see how Houston does with sliders and breaking balls in general. Um, Yeah. I mean, if he throws a ton of breaking balls against this team, he's going to get a lot of righties here. I mean, he could be that guy today. So, um, Angels bats. I mean, you could play Otani and Trout. You could play them as two man. You could play them as one offs. But I'm not stacking them here. Um, they're really the only two guys in this lineup that I'll play. Yep, I'm with you. Um, prefer Otani just just because of the platoon advantage. Um, play him as a one off, and that's that's really all I need here. We finished it out. Diamondbacks and Giants. This game opened at eight. It's down to seven and a half in a lot of spots. Giants a 210 favorite here. Dallas Keuchel going up against Logan Webb. Um, we're not playing Dallas Keuchel. No. Why is he still starting for a major league team? I mean, look what he did against the Rockies last time out. Rockies a good team against left-handed pitching. He went out and threw seven good innings. Like he yeah. is just very good at generating ground balls. I, I mean, that's he built a career around it and he's made a ton of money and good for him. And I mean, at one point he was 
like in conversations for Cy Young, but the problem that he's going to face in this spot is he's going to face a ton of fly ball hitters. The Giants are just absolutely loaded with fly ball hitters. So no interest for me in Keuchel. Logan Webb on the other side of this game, I think Logan Webb goes out. He pitches okay. Um, this is a sneaky good lineup, and I, I've been talking about it. I've been talking about it. At 9,500, I don't know against this lineup if he has the ceiling to – I mean, does he have the same ceiling as the guys in this range? Does he have the same ceiling as Strider? Does he have the same ceiling as Gaussman? Um, I Peace. probably don't think so. I, yeah, I don't think so. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Um, I think Webb is a really good pitcher, but as far as strikeouts go, like Cease and Strider have far more upside. Even Garcia with his matchup has far more upside. And what, there's just not enough of a discount to Webb um, if he was 8,500, I would have a lot of interest here, but being in, in this exact same pricing tier as all those big strikeout guys, he probably comes in really low owned. And I don't know. The, the problem is you need three guys to fail in that range for him to become relevant in tournaments. I'm with you. I just, I don't see the strikeout upside. He's a very good pitcher. He's going to go deep into the game. He's consistently been over hundred pitches and it's not impossible that he outscores all three of them but it's, I think it's pretty unlikely. So I, I probably won't chase it. Um, even, even if the ownership is drastic and, and it probably will be. Yeah. I just, I mean, I think Alex Cobb is a good pitcher as well and he's not having a terrible start, but he's not having a good start against the same offense. Uh, just Arizona is a pesky team against right-handed pitching. Um, they don't strike out a ton. They have walks, they have power. Um, they're sneaky. I mean, that's just at the end of the day, that's what they are. They're a sneaky offense. Um, I mean, if they had any kind of pitching, they'd be better than 10 games under 500. So their offense is actually really solid. I don't think I'd play Webb today. I don't think he has the ceiling to win a slate. So um, probably don't stack against him either. Not in this ballpark. I mean, if you want to play like a Peralta one-off, or a Marte one-off, or like a Thomas one-off. I wouldn't hate the idea. Even Varsho, they have power against random pitching, but just because I don't want to play Webb doesn't mean I necessarily want to stack against him. Yeah, I'm not playing Arizona at all. Just a really tough – I would want lefties against Webb. Really tough ballpark for left-handed home runs. Um, I, I don't want to play Arizona. I, I think Webb's a really good pitcher. It's just the strikeout upside that I'm concerned about. I – and the Giants have so many fly ball guys against Keuchel. Um, I hate stacking against Dallas Keuchel even like now. Um, he is a guy that like can give up a couple home runs now where early in his career he really just didn't. A stack works from time to time against him. I just – and there's so many fly ball guys here. There's so little strikeouts. It's It's tough not to have interest in some of these guys. Yeah, I, I love the San Francisco righties, but I need to do some digging in the Arizona bullpen and see how many how many lefties they have out there. Or um, I think, if I remember correctly, oh man. So that that actually might help their chances of of keeping some some of these righties in the game. Um, that's that's the biggest thing I, that I don't like about stacking Giants is is they pinch hit a ton. Um, but guys like Slater and Flores. Estrada, they're all cheap. They all have power. Um, Darren Ruff, 
Um, David Villar. Some of these guys. Yeah, big time power. Um, I, I really like the, the San Francisco righties. I love their pricing. With with the pricing, I, I, even if I only get two or three at bats out of them, I'm I'm really okay with it. I'm just looking for a home run. Uh, so somebody like Flores or Darren Ruffett, right right around three K, I'm totally fine with that. Yeah. Um, so with Longoria on the IL, I think a guy like David Villar is just going to play. And I don't, I don't think he gets pinch hit for. They started him against the righty um, yesterday. So he's 2K. He's another guy that I had written down as like a 2K play. Um, Flores is 3K. You can play him at second base. You don't have to necessarily use your your first play, first base spot on him. Um, Kelly at catcher, another guy that has – or not Kelly, um, Joey Bart, 2K catcher. If he's in the lineup, he's a guy that probably doesn't get pinch hit for. Um so, yes, the pinch hit risks are a pain, and it's it's tough. But, I mean, some of the prices on these guys make them playable. They're free. Yeah. yeah. So, definitely an offense. Like, Darren Ruff is a guy with belt back that if belt's not in the lineup and Ruff is in the lineup, right when a righty comes in, belt's probably getting, getting that um, spot. But Brandon Belt has been kind of banged up here over the last couple of days. So maybe with this like knee issue they give him a day off and they don't pinch it for him but i mean him him being back in the line on monday definitely suggests that like rough's getting pinch it for here in the first opportunity uh but yeah kirk casali with him on the il i mean i think joey bart at 2k draws the start and doesn't get pinch it for so a lot of cheap options here for san francisco against a ground ball pitcher um with no strikeout ability yep Pay up for those pitchers, man. Um, and my, my lineup stalled out. It got up to, to 150 on DK, and it just has stalled and still going to make some money. But, you know, it happens. All right, play the morning grind game, and then we're going to get out of here. No cores under 8K to get six or more strikeouts. Who do you got? I'm going to go Jordan Lyles, 7,300 against the Cubs. Homer pick. Um, <laughs> reverse homer. Yeah, I, I watched the Cubs. I mean, that's how I felt at the beginning of the season. The Red Sox, and you know, ever since May has kicked in, the Red Sox have actually been playing good. I'm gonna go Noah Syndergaard. I'm gonna hope that he keeps throwing this breaking stuff and he gets there. But I, I mean, like that a lot. Cheap pitchers are rough today. Over 8K to score under 15. Who's your bust today? Uh, I'm gonna go flexing. Just doesn't strike anybody out facing a low strikeout Washington team. I like that. Um, I don't want to take Clevenger because that's the obvious answer. Um, I'm going to go Chris Sale. Without knowing his pitch count, he did struggle with throwing a lot of um, balls in his rehab start from what I was reading a few minutes ago. Um, So, yeah. Over 4K to hit a home run. Who you got going yards today? Corey Seager has just been absolutely on fire. I'm, I'm going right back to it. He's got a matchup um, with a guy that struggles with lefty power a ton. I, I love him again. I like that. I mean, there's so many potential home runs on this slate and, you know, obviously 14 game slate. So I, I think this might be a low own home run. I don't know. Um, maybe more people are on it than I think, but I'm going to go Bo Bichette for toronto i don't want to forget about the blue jays i really like the blue jays today 
I think they're a really sneaky stack. Um, under 4K to get two hits, who do you like here? Uh, give me Pollock for the White Sox against Pilkington. I like that. I am going to go to a 2K hitter that we just talked about. Um, and I cannot find him. Oh, there it is. David Villar. I'm going to go David Villar here. Power, Keichel, no strikeouts. Um, I think David Villar gets the job done today. 2K. And at third base, he better get two hits uh, because there is a ton of guys you're fading if you're not playing him. So uh, give me a stack to score six or more runs today. I'm, I'm sticking with San Francisco. I don't think Keiko has the same ground, ground ball ability that he did um, in, the, in his prime. He has lost his control. He's just not a, not a major league pitcher anymore. He was decent against Colorado last time, but I think San Francisco – and they're going to throw a bunch of righties at him, and they're they're all free. I'm going to play a ton of them. I'm going to go Yankees. Um, the more I think about this slate, the more I think the Yankees are the top stack on the slate. Um, Ashcraft is a guy that has reverse splits, facing a ton of right-handed power here. The Cincinnati has the worst bullpen in baseball. They've allowed the second most home runs for a bullpen this year as well. Chicago Cubs first. Doesn't shock me. Um but, yeah, I, I love the Yankees today. It's so hard to say that as a Red Sox fan. But um, when you're playing DFS, fandom gets thrown out the window. So, uh, Keith, any final thoughts before we get out of here? Uh, no, I don't think I have anything. There's a ton of strikeout upside. It's going to be really interesting, the ownership of the pitchers in that 9K range. Um, huge strikeout pitchers and season strider with low strikeout matchups. I can't wait to see. Um, how ownership shakes out on the slate among the pitchers. All right. Keith is doing a ton of stuff over there on scores and odds. If you haven't checked out scores and odds, now is the time. There's a summer special going. You can get your first month of picks for $9.99. Listen, there's a ton of people, if you're used to the RG crew, um, giving out sports betting stuff over there. So if you haven't checked it out, you know, you got Grant, you got Luch. Keith is doing stuff like I just mentioned um chief i post over there from time to time um i'm now officially one and one on my parlays for the season i'm super sad about it um darn it but that is going to wrap us up here for tuesday we'll be back tomorrow much smaller slate less time on the podcast but uh, appreciate everyone listening good luck we'll see you then